I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book, is currently out at bluerosemag.com. It is $19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Hi, I'm Clanny Nidorelli, author of Soundtrack from Twin Peaks, put out by the 33 and a Third series, now available on Amazon.com. Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. So we are on the phone with John Thorne and Scott Ryan, and this week they've got a new magazine out, the Blue Rose Magazine. How you doing, guys? Good. It's so funny that I think we've had John on the show before, and we've said to John, hey, would you ever do another magazine? And he's always like, no, 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 I'm not going to do another magazine. <laughs> and then on the blue, we've got this new magazine. Scott, tell us, how did you get John Thorne to be a part of a new magazine like this? Well, it all started late one October night. And I drive two hours during football season to my hometown to watch a football game and every Friday night. And I was driving home, and my whole family was asleep in the car. And John and I had been texting through the game, which I never texted during my football game, and about Mark Frost's book, because it had just come out, and we this is before everyone had cracked the code. At this point, we just didn't know what was going on. Hmm. When I got in the car, I called John, and we talked for two hours. And it was the most fun I ever had. I was saying, John, check out this book. And he's like, wait a minute, I have a copy of that. Go to this page. I remember they talked about this. And we were just going back and forth and coming up with these theories. And we were were cracking the Mark Frost book. And we Mm. had so much fun. That night, you know, I got home, I hung up, got in bed. I'm always a little wired after the drive. I'm laying in bed. And I said... This is what the magazine should be. There should be a magazine about this. There's mm. stuff in Mark's book. I woke up the next morning and called John again, and I said, John, I'm starting a Twin Peaks magazine, and I want to do it with you, but I'm doing it with or without you. <laughs> I do it. <laughs> and what did you say, John? I said, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> and I have to address the fact that, yes, I have said over and over again, I'm not going to do it again. You know, the reason why is basically because I really didn't want to do it by myself. And I didn't quite know how I was would do it. it. It was a bit daunting. And, of course, when we were doing Wrapped in Plastic, it was craving me. And, and when you have someone else, and you, Ben and Brian, you probably know this, when you have someone else working with you, it seems like there's a momentum that kind of builds up and you can get things done. Someone else takes on the burden of one thing and then mm. someone else takes on the burden of another. And the other thing is I've been to the festival uh, back in July and uh, it was really kind of exciting to be around for weekend again and to see all the enthusiasm and I thought, I really want to be connecting again with, with the band uh, on a regular basis. And so at that time I thought about maybe trying to do it, but again, wasn't sure I could do that on my own. So Scott called, he did say, I'm doing it with or without you. <laughs> I thought, well, I better step on the train. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I said, okay, all right, I'll do it. I, and I'm sure Scott will tell you, I was hesitant a little bit because I wasn't quite sure what it was going to mean. Now that we've gotten knowing on it, it's 
been fun. It's brought back a lot of memories, and I, you know, I'm excited about it. The Saturday morning after I got off the phone with John, I pace when I'm on the phone. I walk all through the house, up the stairs, down the stairs. I'm a pacer. And when I hung up, Jen was sitting on the couch, my wife, and she said, John Thorne didn't have a chance up against you. <laughs> because I that, that would be very, very true. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, it's got wore me down. <laughs> I mean, I was working them. I mean, because I just thought, this is a great idea. The time is now. And I didn't, I, when I said I was going to do it by myself, I didn't want to do it without John because really I wanted in back mm. and I could help it did. happen you know I just wanted it back because I loved it so much but I just I played the card you know you gotta do what you gotta do so <laughs> at the time you know John was tentative and I certainly was tentative even though we decided we were going to do it back in October we both said let's not tell anyone as in mm-hmm. no one and we told no one mm. we said, let's just start thinking and planning so well, we were going to call it Between Two Worlds. That's right. That was our right. first name. And I just was going to create a Twitter account when someone released a book called Between Two Worlds. Right. It's very important. Did. I called John and I was like, someone took our title. Like, it was literally one day before I was going to post that stuff. So then John said, well, what about Julie Cruz's Questions in a World of Blue? And I was like, I like that, but it's too long for Twitter. Mm-hmm. We think it's a Blue Rose. So I immediately just got a Twitter account. And so Blue Rose, you know, whatever, MAG or whatever I did. Yeah. I think I actually had numbers in there at the at first because I didn't want people to know it was a magazine. So I think I did Blue Rose 224. Because even in October, I said, let's debut it on Twin Peaks Day, February 24th. Mm-hmm that seemed like the best day to do it. And I wanted to drop it like a Beyonce record. <laughs> no one was going to know about it. It was just going to come out on February 24th, a new complete magazine and everything. So I just would tweet out things and hashtag Twin Peaks from the Twitter account. And it took a while, but we started to get some movement. And then I made the video and put it out there. But I never tied it to the Red Room or to John, and I never posted it. But Mark O'Brien, I can't think of his Twitter account. It's like Twin Peaks got Sasha or something. Mm. He found it, and he retweeted it, and that really helped and started to get the interest. And I would see it in places, and I was like, this is sweet. Like, it's working. People want to know what it is. I can't remember how I found out about it. And I don't know if we were just talking in general, but you definitely – you were hinting to me, and you were hinting to others that <laughs> something was happening. Something was big, going on. Big hinter. Yes. I really wanted to blab. I mean, I wanted to blab because it was so exciting, but we didn't have anything at that point right. either or know how to do it. What happened was Doc put out officially a listing, you know, that the magazine, and he was, just, you know, covertly doing this, but we had to kind of do some public stuff, and mm. he put it out on, I think it was either Amazon or iTunes. I don't know where you put it, Scott, mm. but uh, somebody took it to archive, I think, and then they scour, you know, for anything new to impeach that it comes out. They cracked it. They were like, they tweeted something out and said, looks like uh, there's a new magazine coming. And I saw it on my Twitter feed, and I was like, okay, stop. let's just acknowledge it. And so we did. So that was about a week and a half ago from when we're recording this. So let's say late January, early February, it, the word got out. Yeah. And also, was it was Diane podcast saying it's it's wrapped in plastic 2.0, and it's like <laughs> I was egging them on a little bit. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I yeah, you were I, baiting them. I was <laughs> baiting them because I kind of you know I knew, and I was trying to get the excitement going. Diane, you know, they're they're posting stuff, and I'm like, I wonder what it could be, fan fiction, yeah, and then that. is it a 2.0? And we went back and forth, and then it became like, is it Christians? Side project. Oh, <laughs> he does have a lot of projects. <laughs> I could buy that. Yeah, me too. I was yeah. trying to promote. I was like, yeah, it could be Christian. He could be doing this. He's very mysterious. So, Scott, were, were you ready for the mystery to be revealed? Oh, dear Lord, no. <laughs> uh, that day almost killed me. I have been in whatever business I'm in. 
for the last six years on the internet with the Red Room podcast and all the other things. I've never, ever had a day like that ever. We had 96 followers when Twin Peaks Archive tweeted out that we were on Amazon. By the end of that day, we had 256 followers. That's awesome. I was getting... I was getting 59 notifications. I would go a half hour without <laughs> looking at Twitter and questions just coming. You know, is it going to be in hard print? Is it going to be digital? You know, when is it coming out? How many issues? How can I subscribe? Yeah. How can I contribute? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We had just finished the PDF, and I had put it up on Amazon because I had to do it early because I needed the link. I was building the website that you need to tie it. Yeah. I think anyone was looking. Isn't that something? Do you want to answer some of those questions? What kind of formats is it going to be in? It is available in two different formats. Uh, One is as an e-publication, which will be available through Amazon or through iTunes. I remember for a while that we thought we're just going to make an e-publication, but I remember Scott calling me one day and goes, no, 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 it's too good. We We have to make it a hard coffee yeah. as well. Yes. And so we uh, actually, you know, honestly, Scott has done all the heavy lifting on, on the, the mechanics of this magazine, from the how to do the, the e-distribution, the electronic distribution, and, and how to get a hard copy made. And so I really, you know, he's the one who has really made this happen. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I know Scott researched a bunch of things on, um, on what, what it would take for us to get our copy made. And, it, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. You know, we, we found a place that we think is going to work, and we're going to, uh, you know, print some out. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a limited print run on on that first issue, as anything is. Any magazine, you know, it's a limited print run. It'll just print forever. But... Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a cutoff, correct? At a certain point, we're, we're done taking orders on the park off? You know, I don't want to turn into a Jerry Lewis telethon here. <laughs> yeah, but we need help. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, on that October day, all John and I talked about doing was a digital edition. Mm. But when we got this thing designed, and my daughter, Becca Ryan, designed the magazine, and I saw it, and we got that front cover that's just beautiful. It is. Great job. And I just, you know, the whole magazine is in color. And I just kept looking at this, and I said, John, you know, Twin Peaks fans are going to want to hold this in their hands at the collector's edition. So we're going to need more hard copy sales to make it for issue two and three and, like, to keep this as a hard copy. So what we're asking people to do is to place an order at bluerosemag.com before March 14th. So from now to March 14th, we're taking orders for hard copies. Nice. On March 15th, the price of the magazine goes up. So we're encouraging you with your dollars to purchase it early before the price goes up. Cool. So we can print these and, and have a really good, strong run so it doesn't end up everyone paying, you know, $80 for an issue on eBay like wrapped in plastic has turned yeah. into. Yeah. So on February 24th, you can actually get the digital version, and then you guys will be mailing out the print version that day, or when will the print version go out? We're going to order the print version. On March 14th, they're going to be filled 10 days later. We're saying we're going to mail them out March 24th. So you're going to wait 30 days for your print version. We're selling the digital version for almost free, basically a donation to Amazon, who takes most of the money, for $2.99. So people can get a look at it, you know, so you can read it. You 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 don't have to touch the the real version. You can keep it safe. It's only $2.99, but the print version is only $7.50, which... To me, it's super cheap mm. for a color publication. Definitely. And like I said, all 24 pages are full, vibrant color with wonderful pictures, which I'm sure will get to. Yeah, that digital version, same price as the the first issue of Wrapped in Plastic, but it's it's been a long time, and to be able to have the same price as the first issue of Wrapped in Plastic, that's pretty impressive to pay that price. Yeah, you know, and actually, it's, it's this year is the 25th anniversary of Wrapped in Plastic. Oh my gosh, you're right. This year, wow. this, uh, the first wow. issue came out 25 years That's ago. Right. It's kind of strange for there to be a new 
a new magazine coming out, and yeah, same price. That's awesome. But how often will the magazine come out? Well, right now, the plan is to try to get it out every four months, and that okay. does to some sound like a long time. I've actually had people email me and go, well, don't you think you should put it out more often if you've got a lot of material? And <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's only we have piles and piles of material. We want to make sure it's all refined and quality material. And also, this is a new thing, and certainly a new thing for me in terms of the digital aspect of it. We're trying to see how long does it take to make one of these. For Aquablastic, sorry, I keep going back to that, but I mean, it was, it was, we could put one out every two months. It took six weeks of work to make it. I mean, mm. Six weeks on, two weeks off. Two weeks on, two weeks off. So, uh, you know, it may turn out if it's a success uh, and it sells well and continues to generate material for it, then maybe we can increase you know, the, uh, the period of time where it comes out. But right now, we figured, let's, let's start slow, do four months, and see how it goes. Again, it's sort of a new territory, and we're just making sure we're, we do it right. Mm, yeah. A couple of people have asked us about subscriptions, and, you know, that's why we're not taking subscriptions for issue one, because the truth is, we're kind of doing this blind. You know, mm. we're a small startup, we're just trying to do this, we will offer a subscription once we actually know what our costs are and you know that we can print it, we can ship it. You know, we are doing it worldwide. Mm. And I can tell you that we have sold the magazine to Germany, Australia, Italy, Scotland, England, France, Canada, Russia, wow. Japan. So I mean, these people are all over the world, and we want to do that. Yeah, but you know that costs money. We'll we'll figure things out, but for now, we're pretty sure that this year there's going to be a magazine, February 24th, June 24th, and October 24th. Now maybe we'll do a special edition and an extra one, but we know we're going to hit those three dates for year one. Cool, awesome. You guys are co-editors, and you guys have different people who will be contributing to the magazine. Hey. So, Courtney, you're the uh, associate editor and staff writer. Can you tell us about your contribution to the magazine? Uh, yeah, absolutely. When Scott and John approached me about the magazine, I was really, really excited. And, uh, you know, especially having John Thorne attached because of his history with, you know, Rockton Plastic, and mm. I respect him so much. And also, I would follow Scott anywhere. Um, mm. You know, I, I contribute to the Red Room podcast and, and Scott and I have become friends and he's just he's a really creative passionate person so I'm so excited to be a part of the magazine and uh, so they brought me on to contribute and write and also I've done quite a bit of copy editing for the magazine and just kind of brainstormed a little bit um, with those guys as well and yeah it's uh, really exciting to be a part of something that's you know brand new and it's a fan magazine made by fans um, people in the community who are just super passionate about Twin Peaks and get to revisit it when it comes out in May. And also just really, really excited to work alongside, you know, Maya and Geneva. And so we have, you know, John and Scott are the managing editors, but then we have this team of women who are contributing for the first issue, awesome. um, including Becca Ryan, who did the cover photo and designed the magazine. And you have an article, Let the Mystery Be. Can you give us a little like preview of that article? Yeah, so um, so I think you know something that this magazine is going to do is it's just going to kind of bridge the past with season three a little bit, and um, and so I am exploring you know why mystery is important, and particularly you know in light of Mark Frost's book, and one of the things I always loved about David Lynch and Mark Frost and Twin Peaks is um, this idea that you know mystery is important, and that's how the secret history opens up um, with this you know quote of mystery. So, yeah, I wanted to look at, you know, what, what do I want to get out of season three? What did I get out of, you know, Twin Peaks in the past and particularly Mark Frost's book? And I think it's like letting that your imagination able to experience or conjure up whatever it wants to, you know, that mm. there's, it's, it's unlimited. I think once you start defining what things are and what things mean, it limits your imagination. And, and that's one thing I love about David Lynch. Awesome. He doesn't limit that, your imagination. Yeah, that's very cool. So Maya, you're a staff writer. Can you share with us your contribution to the magazine? Absolutely. I think it was probably about October. I got a call from Scott. And he said <laughs> he was going to start a 
not a reboot, but a revival of Rapid Plastic, and he had John Thorne on board, and he asked me if I wanted to write something about the missing pieces. So, uh, of course, I said yes. I was really excited, and I thought it was a great idea. He kind of said he felt like a lot of people had to see the missing pieces, and he wanted to offer something where if they didn't know anything about it, they could read and sort of get an idea, scene by scene, of what it was. And so that's kind of how I got started. And along the way, again, he said that we needed some pictures. And so I said, what about fan art? <laughs> and I thought, well, I know somebody who likes to draw. So I asked Geneva, and, you know, we had all met over the summer at the festival. And, of course, he said Courtney was involved, too, and I loved Courtney. She was great. So I thought it was pretty exciting. And every week, Scott and I would touch base, and he would tell me, all the steps and all the things he was doing. And so I got to feel like I was a, a real part of something and feel, you know, the evolution of everything. So it was really fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah, your piece on The Missing Pieces, I think this is a great thing to have in the magazine. I've watched The Missing Pieces several times, but I don't always remember every scene that there mm -hmm. is. Even now, like, there's, like, my favorites, but it's like, oh, to be able to go and, and open mm -hmm. up a magazine and say, oh, yeah, let's look and see what every single piece was and what was the order and, and get more information. I think that's a great asset to the magazine to have your, your piece in there. Thank and, you, yeah. There's so much in there to think about, especially certain scenes. just really got me wondering about where they could take things in season three. So, yeah, it was really fun to work on it. And had you read Wrapped in Plastic? Yes, probably not until the late 90s was I ever able to get a copy. I think I got it through eBay or something, if I remember correctly, and that's when I first got to read that. So, But, of course, I, I you know, I'm, I've met John very briefly. I don't know, John, if you remember. Like, I think Scott introduced us for, like, two seconds the first night of the festival, but... Roadhouse, is that where I was? Yeah. Yep. Yep, the Roadhouse. <laughs> of course, you said you were the godfather of Twin Peaks. <laughs> 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 yeah, yep, I'm sure he said that. <laughs> no, but I always read your blog as well, and I love your book, so I was really excited. I was a little nervous to have um, John and Courtney edit me, but actually... Their help was wonderful, and I really liked the way it all turned out. So. Cool. I wondered how you felt like having Scott call you and say, yeah, we want you to be part of this magazine. Scott's a wonderful person. Just as Courtney said, getting to know him has been wonderful, and he's turned out to be a great friend and a super fan of the show, and I feel very, very flattered that he wants to include me. So. Hmm. It's great. Cool. Oh, well, you guys know I'm not dead, right? I'm here. You know, that's the thing about me. I just want to say about Maya's piece before we move on to our wonderful artist. So I asked her, because I knew she did recaps, and I really thought it was important, and I knew it wasn't something that I could do. But I've seen her recaps, and, and they're, the way she does it, captures the episode. I mean, I know that's what a recap would be, but it really does. <laughs> so I said, hey, do the missing pieces. And then, you know, I didn't think about it. And then I watched the missing pieces because John and I had talked about maybe doing an essay on it, which hasn't happened yet. But then I watched them. There's 33 scenes. And I thought, what did I do to Maya? Like, how is she going <laughs> to to do all this? I gave her way too much. I felt so bad. So we actually her piece. Her piece is amazing, but it was humongous because there's 33 of them. So she is the one article we really know is in issue number two because we have to flip her. So you'll get it in issue one and two. Nice. That's awesome. That's good, yeah. So Geneva, you're the artist, and, and can you t share with us your contribution to the magazine? Sure. I really love your podcast, actually. Oh, um, thank you. Maya has yeah, Maya had introduced me. She had sent me a link. Um, <laughs> and I had, I, I just didn't like the, the stone ages with my phone. And when I actually had gotten a new phone, she sent it to me, like, immediately. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I listened. I would, I would sit on my back porch and do my artwork and listen to the podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, yeah, I like your work, uh, the work you've done. I don't know if I probably saw it through Maya, maybe uh, retweeting it or something, yeah. but I was like, oh, this is great work that you were doing. And that yeah. was before I had any idea that you were involved with the magazine. It's like, oh, I really like this, your style of... Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so flattered, guys. I really, really am. When uh, Maya first told me about the magazine and Scott and John and Courtney were all going to be on it with her, I said, Wow, that's totally great. She had just put it out there, you know, you can do as little as you want or as much as you want. No pressure. 
you know, and I was originally thinking it would just be one, you know, drawing or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what happened, I I had a dream one night, and I came up with this, like, image in my head. And I drew it out, and she loved it. And then uh, she said to the Scott immediately, he loved it, too. And it really, like, got me so enthusiastic about, you know, delving into some more pieces. And it just grew. You know, once I started drawing different things, it it seemed like the drawing kept getting better. My favorite one in the magazine is uh, the Annie drawing. Oh, my goodness, for John, yeah. You know, I didn't even think I was going to do that. We had a time frame, and there was a deadline. So basically, like, all of the drawings had to be in by December. After the fact, Scott just mentioned, you know, do you think he'd be able to do an Annie? Maya had sent me some images, and I just went from there. Mm. And I think the Annie came out awesome. Really did, I mean, yeah. I don't always draw, like, gory things, but the blood and the expression on her face and mm. the emotion, I felt like it just captured that feeling, you know? She's really being goddess. When she, I mean, we really put her on the gun on that Annie drawing, and I agree. I think it is, you know, all her drawings are great. The David Bowie one is another great one, but but the Annie one is just beautiful. Well, John, we were just finishing his piece, and he, he, it's a lot about Annie, which we'll get to. And I said, we need an Annie picture. And I even told Maya, I said, I have to put this magazine to bed in like two days. Oh. And I, can I ask her? For a drawing, like it seems so mean, and she was like, "Just ask her." And then she sent it over in two days, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I think it's her best one." Mm, yeah, I agree. And people are gonna flip, and I was, I was the mean boss, and I didn't let <laughs> Maya or Geneva tweet any of the pictures that are in the magazine because <laughs> I wanted people who buy them. Oh my goodness, that was very hard because when you when you come up with something good, you really want to share it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that what you did with it with the color you used as well. I mean, the, the the decision on what to be in color is really interesting on this Annie hmm. piece. John, you do you want to share with us your contribution? Mine is a, an essay about uh, essentially a sort of extended review of from our process. The secret history of Twin Peaks. You know, I kind I went back and forth on you know what this piece is going to be because the book is kind of hard to figure out what what is it doing and why is it doing it. And so I made kind of an effort to to dive into the book a little bit. And I said up front, you know, I'm not sure you really can necessarily figure it out. Uh, a lot of people have tried, and I was very aware of the fact that a lot of people have been discussing it online in various news groups and websites mm. and Facebook. And you got to remember that so much of it's already this is this is where the world of the Blue Rose is so much different than than what I was doing in the magazine 20 years ago. Is that by the time you sit down to even start writing something, everything you really kind of want to say has already been digested and spit out again on the internet. And so the challenge was to kind of to come up with something a little new. I'm not really sure I did, but I, I think I stepped back from it. We had enough time, and instead of that immediate reaction, it was a little more time to think about what is this book and why is it, you know, why is it there? And, and so that's what it is. It's just a, it's a way of trying to, to pull it apart a little bit and say, well, it could be one thing or it could be another. Mm. Um, maybe it's a good thing. I thought it was a very strong article piece. I really liked it. I thought it was great. It's funny to see where you were when the book first came out to see where you are now. And I thought it was very concise. And I, I was really happy with it. I was like, yeah, John Thorne is back. Yeah. I mean, it was really good. I, I was very happy with with your piece. I don't want you to undersell it. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know how to sell it at all because I don't know. I just wrote it. And, yeah. <laughs> I, and I'll let you see about writing about Twin Peaks because I've written a lot about Twin Peaks. Is a lot of times I'll start an essay and I really don't know what I'm going to say. I mean, I know basically I'm going to discuss the book in this instance. But what is, you know, am I going to come up with anything you know, to offer anyone? I, I don't know. And, and it's, it's almost like detective work in and of itself writing. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Scott and Courtney and the others can talk about this too. Is that as you're writing it, you start pulling things of, you know that are in the way out of the way and see it a little more clearly. And the writing itself sort of pulls you along, and you get to a spot where you didn't even know you were going to get to. Not to really do revelations in this essay or anything, but I I didn't know I was going to end it the way I did, or I was going to think about Amy Blackburn uh, mm-hmm. as I wrote it. It just occurred to me. Well, that makes sense. So that's the great and fun thing about writing about Twin Peaks because it really helps you focus your thoughts and, mm. you know, kind of really, really have to concentrate on something, something that difficult to Twin Peaks is. It really helps you think about it and, and clarify your own thoughts. For just for my own benefit, I was like, oh, I came out of that, like, okay, I feel better about this book now. So yeah. really good to be reminded of that again. It had been so long that, it, you know, the writing of it really helps me appreciate the work a lot more and helps me come to a better feeling and conclusion about what some of it is. And I want to thank you. We were footnoted a few times on that article. So cool. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, no, hey, you know what? When you're writing something like that, you've got to give credit where credit is due. So yeah. uh, I hope I did right by you. I mean, you guys had Aaron Nento on, who did great, great work on deciphering some of the material mm-hmm. in that book, and I cited all of that. That's awesome. I, I love that article, though. I mean, I think I, I think everybody did an amazing job in the contribution. Yeah. But you people who are listening, you got to go buy this magazine right now, just for John Thorne's article. I mean, it's so it's so good. It's classic John Thorne. Classic John Thorne. <laughs> uh, oh no! Well, and, and you know there there's a reason that Mark's book is on the front cover, and yeah. John is writing the essay of the book. I mean, it is the centerpiece of issue one. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. And it lives up to it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Courtney can attest to it because Courtney and I were the first people to read it because she proofs everything and makes us all look professional and, and keeps <laughs> mm-hmm. us looking good. And I mean, I was, I actually, we finished the article when I was in Disney World with my family. Aww. I read his article on the monorail between Epcot and Disney on my cell phone. <laughs> wow. And I was just riveted, you know, because I didn't want to wait till I got back to the hotel. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I'll say the, the great thing about John's piece, too, is it just it gives you more theories, more ideas to talk about and discuss and think about. And I think that's what's great and what he really brings to the table. You're right. I mean, for his piece alone, people should take a look at the magazine because it's it's going to give people a lot of things to talk about and think about. And it was really exciting to read. So Scott, what did you contribute to the magazine? I know you contributed a lot. Do you want to share a little bit of your part in the magazine? Uh, yeah. My main assignment for issue one was to cover the UK Twin Peaks Fest. I was lucky enough to complete a trifecta in 2016 and going to three festivals. But, you know, not a lot of people get to go, obviously, to the London one. Right. And so I wrote a really lengthy review on it. It's very humorous and light. It's a fun-loving look at it because that festival run by the wonderful... Lindsay Bowen. It's so much fun, and the article had to be fun. It's full of great color pictures that mm. I took there. And then I also, like we said, we were thinking that our issue two was going to be about the missing pieces, so we were kind of focused on that. So I got an interview, Bob Engels, who wrote Firewalk with me, and obviously the missing pieces. Yeah. To discuss the missing pieces, because our idea was there were two major products. Which wrapped in plastic ended, one being Mark Frost's book and one being The Missing Pieces. So in our mind, as remember when we started this, we didn't know when Twin Peaks was coming back. Mm. So we were just kind of mapping that out. Well, I ended up having a wonderful interview with Bob Engels. He was a great guy, and we talked for three hours. Wow. it's awesome. So I had so much stuff that, because I just wanted to talk about The Missing Pieces and Firewalk with me, but we, of course, kept talking about the series. So that portion is in issue one. So we have part one with Bob Ingalls, and it's mostly about season one and two. And then in issue two, we're going to have a detailed discussion of Firewalk With Me and the Missing Pieces, which when we did the interview, Lynch hadn't said yet that Firewalk With Me was the crucial piece for season three. So it's going to be great that when this interview comes out, it'll be in June, Mm. Uh, for part two, and it's all about Firewalk with me. So hopefully 
it'll resonate even more because people will be watching New Twin Peaks. Yeah. yeah. Also, a tribute to the log lady, Catherine Colson, which I can say was the hardest thing for me to write. I actually, I think I kept sending it to Maya before Courtney and John even saw it. And I kept saying, it's awful, Maya, it's awful, because I loved her so much. And I never, there was something I wanted to say, and I wasn't saying it. But in the end, I think that piece is, is what it was supposed to be. I'm really proud of that piece, because she meant a lot to me. Oh, yeah. And stood for what Twin Peaks really means, and what it should mean, and what it would be nice if it still meant in the future, too. So, yeah. So that's uh, an important piece to me. Yeah. And you saw her you saw her at the last fest that she went to before you know it was probably a matter of a month or so before she passed away, I think. Pretty Yeah, like yeah. early weeks. Wow. Um and she she spent time with me that I've kept with forever and mm. I'll never forget that time. And to think about giving that time to a fan when you're dying of cancer. Oh yeah. That kind of devotion to a fanhood, she didn't charge me $3 to ask her a question or to, you know, to get a log signed. She gave me her heart in that moment. Oh. And to me, that, that's something that I want this magazine to live up to, you know. Yeah. We're very proud of the tradition of her up to plastic hats. But to me, I want to live up to Catherine Coulson. John, am I right to say that Catherine Coulson was the first actor that you got on Wrapped in Plastic? Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, she was our first big interview, uh, issue five, I think. And she was just uh, had just done the Bravo introductions for mm. Twin Peaks. And, and we were able to get her through Bravo. And, uh, and we interviewed her like five times, I think. Wow. And I, I guess want to say, you know, follow up with what Scott was saying, Captain Colson was, uh, she was just a wonderful, wonderful person, and she was a supporter of Rap and Plastic. Mm. She mentioned Rap and Plastic interviews, wow. uh, interviews with Variety, and she mentioned us, and she would ask about my family, she'd ask about my kids, you know, she'd mm. say, oh, how are your kids, and she really took an interest in everyone, you know, that's my story, that everyone probably has a story you met her, mm. and, um, and Scott's absolutely right, you know. Having her in the issue is important. She was uh, such a critical character and, and an important person in the whole realm of Twin Peaks, inside and, and outside as well, and, you know, outside of the show as well. She's sorely, sorely missed. You know, I, I'm glad she was able to contribute something to, to the new series, whatever, that, whatever that's going to be. But uh, she was a great, great person, mm. and um, I'm glad I had a chance to talk to her as much as I did. It's awesome. It's really nice. And Scott, I think you have a regular piece that's going to be the music in the air, which you covered this, uh, this on the first issue. I don't know that I'll always be writing it, but we'll either have someone or, or something. We, but we are going to have a reoccurring piece. As of now, it's the only reoccurring one that we know of. Who knows what we'll end up with, but it's called Music in the Air. And um, it's going to be about Angelo and his music in Twin Peaks, maybe outside of Twin Peaks. The first issue, I dissect the song, She Would Die from Her Love, mm. or Think from Firewalk With Me, whichever you call it. And um, it, 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 it's pretty good. I mean, it, it could in there pretty deeply on, on what the song means and what Angelo did. As I said a million times, probably on this podcast as well, the music is my favorite part of Twin mm. So there will always be something about the music in the because I think it's really important. It's awesome. I like how, we won't get into it really much, but I like how you dissected it and, and you, you spoke about that there's different versions and I, th I really think that's great to give us a little history about, about the song. Well, one of the things that, you know, John had mentioned when he was writing his essay, he was worried about what was on the internet and, you know, there's podcasts that happen immediately and everyone reacts to things immediately. The way that we're going to focus on the Blue Rose. It's, we're not going to react to things immediately. This is a keepsake of mm -hmm. the time period that it comes out. So, you know, issue two is going to be really hard for us coming out June 24th, and we're going to be four episodes into the new Twin Peaks. You know, we're not going to be able to cover it because mm -hmm. we don't know what it is yet, and right. everyone's going to be interested in it. But we want to take the moments that happen 
and keep them because that's what I love about wrapped in plastic. I go back and you look and go, oh yeah, I remember when that person was on that show or when that happened and when mm. we thought this was going to come out. And and it's it's just it's a snapshot of Twin Peaks on February twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. Awesome. Each issue, will you have different contributors that or different writers that will be take part in this, or how do you think going forward it's going to be? Well, we've had a number of people already, you know, ask to contribute, and um, that's great. I mean, that's great news. We're eager to get contributions from people. Uh, we're eager to, to look at them. I don't think guarantee we're going to they're going to make it into the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we we have a high standard we want to maintain, and that was true in Rats and Plastic. We got one for lots of submissions, and lots and lots of them didn't make it in print, or quite a few did. And um, we've already had a number of wildly good people we know uh, suggest some ideas, which is, which is really, really nice. So the pieces don't exist yet, so I can't say anything about them. Um, hopefully they will. They, you know, they'll write what they're hoping to write, and we'll get them, and we'll put them, we'll put them in the magazine. I've had a lot of people sending some, actually, finished pieces already. You know, uh, we're going to look at all of it. I'm reminding, I never had to deal with this aspect of it, or not very much. I mean, Craig was sort of the guy who uh, who got the pieces, and, and, and we were reading together, but he was the one who said, you know, get the good news or the bad news. Like, you know what? We're not going to use this. Sorry. But, you know, we'll have to look at them. We want them to be really well-written works about you know, Twin Peaks. I think everyone who's on this panel today would probably agree, and we want clarity and concise, good writing. We'll see what we get. We are eager to get stuff. Hopefully, we have enough coming in, and we'll be able to, to print some good stuff. The, the beautiful thing about submissions is people have ideas you never even thought of before, and you get something, and you're like, wow, that's so cool. Uh, I never thought of that. Uh, that. That's a great angle on Twin Peaks. Yeah. So hopefully, we'll get, we'll get that kind of stuff. Awesome. So why didn't you guys just call it Wrapped in Plastic 2.0? Well, there's a number of reasons. Main reason is, you know, Wrapped in Plastic was the production by Craig Miller and Don Thorne. Mm. And uh, without Craig around, I just don't think there can be a Wrapped in Plastic. That's one of the main reasons. Wrapped in Plastic was something that we did back then. And since Craig is gone, sadly, there's not going to be another raft of plastic. And, and, and while this magazine, The Blue Rose, I think follows in the tradition of raft and plastic, um, for all the reasons we've discussed uh, so far, um, it's also different. I think it also has a different tone about it, and, and that is absolutely to be expected. Um, you know, Scott's got his own uh, way of approaching things, and you don't want to to change someone's approach. You want to you want that person to kind of be reflected in the work. And I think that's really good. I, I think it, it comes alive in a different way. That being said, the stuff that I'm doing uh, for the Blue Rose is you know, really very similar to what I did for Rap and Classic so far. Do I, I like mm-hmm. to write an academic essay that's readable. <laughs> and, and interviews, of course. You know, getting interviews, if we can, with uh, anyone involved with the show uh, in the past or in the new show. So these kind of core elements existed in the old magazine and they'll be in the new magazine. This magazine has got a lot of new people involved and it's going to take on its own life. And we don't really know exactly where it's going to go. Hopefully it'll go along for a while. I want it to be its own unique thing. I don't want it to be wrapped in plastic 2.0. Anybody out there who's like, oh, yeah, it's new wrapped in plastic, I think you'll be happy. Like I said, it carries on in that tradition. It's going to also be its own thing. Like Courtney brought up, you know, I'm very excited that we were able to have a complete female guest cast, if you will, um, with Courtney, Maya, and Geneva. I think they're going to be around longer than one issue, so I don't know if it's really guest. I think that's important because I do think the female aspect is missing in all the Twin Peaks podcasts and blogs that are out there. And I love that Courtney is is working on a new project. I don't know if she wants to talk about it yet or keep it hidden, mm-hmm. like her, her mean old uh, managing editor. <laughs> keep everything in. And, um, Courtney, do you want to talk you know, about that project? 
Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's not really a secret, but actually Maya interviewed me for um for her website uh, about it. Yeah, I uh, last last year I got this idea. Actually, Scott was one of the first people I approached with the idea just to bounce it off his head. You know, there's all these women who've been inspired by the show and her doing creative things like editing, burlesque, acting, making artwork. You know, like Geneva and um and Maya doing this these these amazing like recaps and writing about the show. And I wanted to really celebrate them. Mm. And so I wanted to write a book where I kind of a cultural study where I interview these women and talk about what the show meant to them. And the idea behind the book, I, I want to call it the, the title right now, the working title is Laura's Ghost Women Speak About Twin Peaks. Hmm. And I wanted to start with Laura Palmer, who is this creative, dynamic woman who's having to deal with these sort of evil forces around her, you know, Bob and, and, and that type of thing. And, and so I wanted to talk about how, like, Laura, you know, her ghost haunts us in, in mm. positive ways, that, that sort of strong female character, but also what she had to endure as a woman. And so kind of taking that idea, I wanted to interview these women about, you know, what, what does Laura Palmer mean to you? What does the character, what does Twin Peaks mean to you? And then, and then to kind of take it a little further, too, what is it like being a woman working in the creative industry? And so it was really about celebrating these women, but, but also with a connection to Twin Peaks. Um, just because I had met so many from the Twin Peaks Festival, from just, you know, writing about the show and doing podcasts. I, I just met these incredible women, women I wanted to celebrate their voices. Nice. I'm also interviewing some people who were in the show as well and connected to the show. And uh, right now I'm, I'm holding those cards a little bit closer to me. Hmm. Um, but I've, I've, I'm kind of delving into the people who, um, you know, performed in the show and were creatively involved in the show too so i'm really excited about it it's hopefully going to be published this year but i'm not making any promises so we'll see awesome that's really something that's really cool, cool. Yeah. And do you see like are we not so lucky to have her as our associate editor <laughs> you guys are like, so lucky and courtney is so smart yeah and <laughs> she makes all of us look better and all of our things you know she's she went through this magazine so many times and would send back and say, you know, can you fix this, move this over, you got to do double dash, you forgot a space before the dash, and of course uh-huh. I was screaming, I hate her, but the issue <laughs> looks like a million dollars because of her dedication to it. Scott, you mentioned there are no women in podcasts, but I think we have to acknowledge the Diane podcast out of the UK has a strong woman's voice in it, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to overlook them. I'm aware of them. They're out there to do a good stuff. They are. Definitely. Sure. Oh, definitely. And I'm happy to go on their podcast to promote the Blue Rose Mac <laughs> to apologize for that. <laughs> oh, and, uh, I did not have an ulterior when I said that. I want to thank you guys for helping us out with this. Um, like we said, this wasn't our plan. We expected to come out on Twenty Sunwrap and, and really announce it and just drop the magazine, but... Vintage fans, you can't keep them down. I mean, yeah. they are looking, they're into this. They figure this stuff out. I mean, I was tweeting out memes and having so much fun with no one knowing that it was me. Uh, and, you know, now it's out there. But it's, it's been good because the interest is there, which is great. So you would go out to Blue Rose Mag. Dot com And from there, you can order the Amazon edition, the iTunes edition, which are digital, or you can order the hard copy, and we will ship it to you wherever you are. We're shipping everywhere. We're not leaving anyone out. We have a Twitter account at BlueRoseMag1, and then for submissions, we have an email, thebluerosemag at gmail.com. You know, we're out there, and we're excited. We want to live up to everyone. I mean, it's like our little season three. You know, I really felt like David Lynch when people were coming at me. So I'm like, now I know how he felt. Everyone hiding across the street and still call me while we film it, you know. And I didn't even know if the website worked when Twin Peaks Archive put it out there. I mean, I thought, holy crap, what did I write out there? I didn't expect to have to do any of this. But luckily, I was ahead of the game. So it all worked out, and I'm going to thank you to the Twin Peaks fans who care that much for a new product. It's awesome, and I want to thank John because he's awesome, and he's making this magazine what it should be, and Geneva's art is so beautiful. I promise you, Geneva, on March 24th, you can tweet out to your heart's desire Instagram. <laughs> 
Carrie Gerard, and you were everywhere. Just, you know, hold it so much for me, Port. And then Maya, she, I don't even know how she did what she did. Her article, it's amazing, and there's more to come in issue two. And Courtney, we keep talking about your copy editing, but your article is great too. And you cover meeting Mark Frost, and you know, it ties with John's thing. It's, it's beautiful. I'm so excited for everyone to see it, and then I'm going to go uh, lay down for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got podcasts. You You'll got call other... me and have another 12 projects. <laughs> yeah, he's making a movie next. <laughs> he's already made a movie. Oh, yeah, he's making another movie. He's making a sequel. <laughs> the sequel. I'm so happy for you guys, though. I'm so happy you guys yeah. did an amazing job. I'm so excited for the community to be able to see this. This is really excellent work that you guys have done. This is your first issue. I think it's only getting better, but I don't even know how we can get better with, with what you guys have already done. So maybe each one of you go and take a minute and just your closing thoughts and maybe where people can follow you. Like I said, I am at Red Room Podcast and at Blue Rose Mag 1. And I also have a 30-something book that's available for pre-order. It's actually at the same website. book comes out June 7th, which I'm, I've been working on it forever, and it's actually coming out. So I'm, I'm really excited for that, as well as getting this magazine out there into the world. Yeah, and uh, this is John. You uh, can follow me on Twitter, at ThornWit. And uh, my blog is above the store blogspot.com. Obviously, I have the book out now, The Essential Wrapped in Plastic. And I guess final thoughts about the magazine is it's exciting to be doing something like this again. And I hope it lasts. I hope it lasts another 75 issues. Wouldn't that be great? Awesome. And this is Courtney. And you can follow me on Twitter at... C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y-C-A-L, Courtney Cow. And I want to thank you both for having us on the podcast. I love your podcast. And, yeah, it's great. What you guys are doing is great. And I just want to just shout out to all the Twin Peaks fans in the community and just say thank you for everything. And y'all are lovely people. Just wanted to thank everybody, really, John, for editing me and Courtney for editing me and Scott for including me. And obviously, Twin Peaks on the ramp for always having us on. <laughs> And supporting us so much on social media. And, of course, my girl, Geneva, getting to do something uh, creative with her was so much fun. Finally, you can find me I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Twin Peaks Blog. And my blog is TwinPeaksFanatic.blogspot.com. This is Geneva. You can reach me at Ivy on Twitter or Instagram. But I do have something special. If you lead me to the end of the podcast, and, you know, anybody who listens actually tweets out for Instagram a picture of themselves within the first 11 days of your podcast, I will draw their picture. And all they need to do is tag everyone that's in this podcast and hashtag from Peaksgram, and I will draw a picture of them. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone. It was great having you on the show. I am so pumped. This is the week. It's coming out on Friday the 24th. I recommend you download it. It's really reasonably priced to download the digital copy. And you should order the hard copy so yes. that you have it as a collector's edition. Because, you know, years from now, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I had bought the first issue of the Blue Rose magazine. Thank you so much. The Blue Rose Magazine is a lively, full-color publication that offers discussion, debate, news, and analysis about Twin Peaks, David Lynch and Mark Frost's fascinating series, Old and New. Every four months, The Blue Rose will examine Showtime's new season of Twin Peaks. It will also cover the original classic episodes and the feature film, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Expect essays that delve deep into Twin Peaks, interviews with cast and crew, reports on current Twin Peaks events, and a regular column about the music of Angelo Badalamente. Join co-editors Scott Ryan and John Thorne as they guide you through this singular, unforgettable work. Issue 1 presents an in-depth review of Mark Frost's new book, The Secret History of Twin Peaks, a report on the UK Twin Peaks Festival, an interview with screenwriter Robert Engels, an informative glimpse at the remastering of the Firewalk With Me soundtrack, a heartfelt tribute to Catherine Coulson, the log lady, and much more.